0: You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Two Sundays ago, I had shared via the video link about uh, taking steps. And uh, today I'm going to share about learning to speak. So really what I'm talking about in this series is early childhood development. Um, And we're going to walk through it together. So hopefully, There's been things in your life that you started to take steps in, Um, but today I'm going to talk about learning to speak. And uh, it's amazing, one of the smaller muscles in your body has the most powerful effect in its outcome, what it can accomplish, right? Your tongue, what it can do is amazing in that when you speak and the things that you say, most profound things can happen. You say things... Like, I love you, at the right moment, at the right time, and it can change your destiny, can't it? Saying things like, will you marry me? Saying, I do. Saying yes or saying no, at certain moments in your life, again, will will have significant impact. Gary and Megan just got married here last Saturday. Um, Right here on this altar, they said, I do. And those words will change our lives forever, won't they? Words said in anger can equally destroy a relationship. Sometimes you say things that maybe don't mean, but actually once it's out there, there's an effect that, that, that happens. The same thing goes that words of hope can save a life. The right thing said at the right time to the person or to the situation can be what is needed to change perspective. Those words of hope. Words that we speak over our lives can also dictate our own future. They can either cap or potential, or they can release us into the things that God has for us going forward. You see, we have a passage in Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 18. Sorry, I don't have it on the PowerPoint today. Proverbs chapter 18, verses 20 to 21. From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. With the harvest of his lips, he is satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The fruit Of a man's mouth um, so from the fruit of a man's mouth a, a man's stomach is filled what we profess over our lives has a power to bring life or death do you believe that there's incredible power in our spoken word it isn't just words that come out of your mouth your your words has the power to speak life or the have the same power to bring death for most of us, I think, when we speak about our, our personal lives, there's a temptation to, to dwell on the negative. How many would agree? We have a temptation in our lives to dwell on the negative things about who we are, about circumstances, about what we're facing. And often the things that we dwell on, and we think the things that we think that are negative, are the things that we then profess. The way we think about ourselves. Um, I've been with people who, who, um, who will say things like, I'm just a sinner. Christians that will say, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Come on, get past that language. You're not just a sinner. We're not a sinner just saved by grace. We're the righteousness of Christ. God has called us to be king's kids. He, he's called us to be something different. So when we profess something of our past over our future, then we start to live out that, that conduct. We live out that. I've heard things like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a misfit. I'm not very beautiful. I really don't like the way I look. I'm a basket case. I've heard someone say, I'm a basket case. I'm always making a mess of things. I was a mistake. I can't do that. It's not my gifting. We deal often on our shortcomings, the things we can't do, who we think we are, the problems we, we have. And the funny thing is, the more we profess, the more we believe it. And the more we believe it, the more we become it. And we become the self-fulfilling prophecy of our own lips. When we say we can't do something, I can't do that. That's not, that's not me. I, I can't change. I, I've always been like this. This is, I don't like how we look. I, I am this person. I am old. I am young. I am whatever. Those definitions, those professions of our, of our lives have the ability to cap our lives, put a ceiling over us, or if it's spoken in the right way, have the ability to release us. But it all has, it all comes down to what we're professing. And there's a negative or positive cycle that, that happens as a result. Now there's a way to break through, especially negative cycles of how we speak. And King David discovered this in Psalm chapter 24, sorry, chapter 42, verses five and verses 11 of this Psalm. We see this, it says, why are you downcast O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Why? And then verse 11, Why are you so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. David recognized how he was feeling. He was downcast. He was low. He wasn't having a good day. I mean, if you read the story of King David, he had lots of bad days, didn't he? Hiding out in caves running for his life from his son. There was lots of moments that David didn't have good days. And yet in those times, in those seasons where David was, was not having kind of the wind in his back, but he was really kind of facing it on all sides, he recognized, okay, this is how I'm feeling. Now, I think to speak positively over our lives and speak God's word over our lives isn't to neglect the reality of who, kind of what we're feeling at this moment, right? So he's, why are you downcast on my soul? There's an acknowledgement of the thoughts and feelings that David had. If you are feeling what you're feeling, that is a reality of what you're feeling, right? And to say that you're not that is silly. It's the same thing as saying if, if you're ill, to say you're not ill, if you are ill, okay, that's maybe present tense, what you're feeling. But there's a difference to say that's who I am And define your future by those same words. I've been in Christian circles where there's a superficial thought process that goes on where we we speak something that isn't actual truth. You know, everyone's happy, everyone's good, everyone's healthy, everyone's because we're we're never going to speak anything negative. Yet there's there's a problem when we're denying a certain aspect of of the reality. So David doesn't do this. But he spoke to himself, saying, this is what God says. Why are you downcast so much? So why so disturbing thing? Put your hope in God. Put your hope in God. He He speaks to his his self, his inner soul saying, Do you know what? Put your hope in God at this moment. This is why are you downcast. You don't need to be downcast because God is greater. He's stronger. He can help me. I, I need to change my perspective. Again, I mentioned earlier, we can say, I'm just a sinner. I'm just, I'll never, I'll never get past this, this lifestyle. Actually, no, I am the righteousness of Christ. Why are you thinking that I'm just a sinner when actually God has saved me and redeemed me? So actually, instead of proclaiming what I'm not, or sorry, proclaiming my old life, I'm going to proclaim my new life in Jesus. Actually, God has saved me. God has set me free from this. Why are you still doing this when actually God's called me to be something different? I'm a child of the king, I'm made in his image. If I think I'm not very beautiful, do you know what? God made me just the way I am and I'm in his image. When you look at them in the mirror in the morning, do you know what God made you to look like him? And if you're looking like the image of God, then why do you think that's ugly? Can I challenge you with that thought process? The world has a standard of what beauty is, but God has a different standard. And God's standard of beauty is perfection. When God creates you, he didn't create junk. And whatever has been spoken over your life, whatever you think about your beauty, whatever you don't like about your body, do you know what? God has created you just the way you are. He hasn't created everyone to look the same. He's created all of us to be unique. And he delights in who you are. And so when you look in the mirror, man, you are the image of God. We we reflect him. We, we we're part of what he looks like. Doesn't matter our color of our skin, it doesn't matter our hair, it doesn't matter our body types. You know what? God has created you and loves you just the way you are. And again, I think our image, we're made in his image, and so we've got to we've got to accept that and say, Do you know what I'm made in the image of God, and so you are fine looking. You're looking okay. Because God says I'm okay. And you know what? It's amazing. Our self-image can hold us back from doing things because of what we think about ourselves. When you look outside the church, there's lots of psychologists and other people who will define this in a more clear way. But the fact is, what we see about ourselves will, will often hinder us. If we don't see well of ourselves, can I just say, you are perfect in God's eyes, just the way you are. He sees you as amazing creations. He knew you. He formed you in your mother's womb just the way you are. Before the creation of the world, he thought of you. You, We were in him before then. And so, guys, I, I, this is just a thought I, I just want to challenge us with, is that when we have the negative thoughts, we need to speak God's word in place of those thoughts. I'm made in the image of God. And so although my eyes and my brain are telling me I look like this, do you know what? I am beautiful. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Warts and all. I am just the way I'm meant to be because this is who God has created me. Now, it doesn't mean we don't take care of our bodies and the rest of it, but I hope we get the point. Because often what happens, what we think about is what we then profess to other people. This is who I am. This is not who you are. Can I tell you to stop speaking the negative over your lives? Don't speak negative things over you. God doesn't speak negative things over your life. You see, the enemy wants us to move in this realm where we we take. We take the thoughts of this world and we apply them to our lives. And the thoughts of this world has an image of what we need to look like, what we need to act like, the money we need to have, the house we need to have, the, the car we need to drive. All of those things are the image. And, he, and, and Satan wants us to conform to this. And the, the challenge is that when we try to conform to it, we never live up to it. And so we feel this overwhelming sense of we are not doing it. We are not. We haven't arrived. We, we, we will never achieve anything. And there's this condemnation, there's this heaviness upon our lives and we profess it over ourselves. And God says there's, whole, there's a whole scripture, there's a whole Bible full of scripture of different thoughts about who you are. And I challenge you, if you look at scripture, of what Jesus thinks of you, what God thinks of your life, and you were just to quote those things over you, I bet you start to see a change of attitude about how you see yourself as a person. God has a different thought process of you. And so we can speak words of our lives, As we speak God's word over our lives and our circumstance, you know what's interesting is our faith in God grows. In Romans 10, 17, it says this is, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of God. Faith comes from hearing the word. And you know what? When we speak his word over our lives, faith comes from hearing. And especially, can I say, when it's your own voice when we're facing circumstances, or when we're facing life, or we're facing self-image issues, or whatever it is, when we're speaking God's word, our faith grows. Our faith grows. Something changes in our spirits. Things go from a hope to a fact. When, we, when God speaks something about our future, we need to shift from saying, if that happens, to when that happens. To shift from kind of... Kind of, this is a a wishful fantasy to actually know this is what it is, it's fact. We've, we've spoken in the past about healing. You know, if I'm healed, no, when I'm healed, I am healed. There's a, there's a taking cap, there's, there's a taking those words and professing them over our situations, professing them over our lives that brings the change in our own spirits. It's amazing what we believe from our own words because we speak it enough times. You see, when our faith grows, it releases us to become who God calls us to be and what He's called us to do, because we're speaking life, we're speaking hope, we're speaking His promises over our situation. Again, can I just say, we're not denying other realities, but we are speaking God's life in those realities. We are professing God's truth in those realities. And we're not just dwelling on the negatives and dwelling on what we don't have or who we don't think we are or the gifts we don't think we have, but we're dwelling on the fact that this is what God has said we are. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am the righteousness of Christ Jesus. I am wonderfully and fearfully made. I am these, I'm all of this stuff. And I'm professing it over my life and I'm not going to find out of my life, my lips coming words that bring death and discouragement and disillusionment into my own life. Because that's not who I am in Jesus. God has given me a hope and a future. And so, gosh, it, I'm going to speak it out over my life. I think all of us like to have pity parties. How many of you enjoy a pity party once in a while? Come on. We like people around us. A pity party. Sorry. Do you guys use that term here? Sort of. What would be a better term to say? A best abyss? Oh, best, that's what I'm saying is the best way? Okay, it's a party about our pity, right? I think it's very easy to dwell on, our, uh, on, on the things that are not right in our lives, right? And it's easy, and, it is, and there's some strange enjoyment to even talk to other people and have other people agree with us of how bad it really is, right? And we find some comfort in, you know, just wallowing in it. No, okay. Please, I hope you don't... There's times that we need wise counsel, (laughs) to be honest. But what I'm saying is, is that when the point is just to, to regurgitate wrongful thinking with others, who will regurgitate it back to us, you know what? We will live that life. That's the point I'm trying to say. I'm not saying to not be real with friends and to be honest about how we're feeling. I'm not saying any of that. I'm, what I'm saying is, what is the end game? What is the point? Is that what we're professing, what we continue to speak about, what we continue to profess over our life is what we will be. That is our That will, that will determine our future. Our lives have the power of life and death. We will dictate it by what we profess over ourselves. And so if we continue to speak it, if we continue to declare it, we will live it. We need to be walking in faith. But faith comes from hearing, and hearing comes when we are professing it over our lives. The last thing is, when we profess what God says, we break the power of the enemy. In Revelation 12, 11, it says this, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of what? Testimony. They overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testimony. Whose Testimony. Our testimony, our testimony of him, right? By their testimony, their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Christ's sacrifice and our testimony spoken. Christ's sacrifice and our testimony spoken. You see, we have a power to break the powers of the enemy through our profession, through our testimony of what Christ has done, what he's accomplished, what he is doing You see, when we speak it, it breaks the power's enemy. The process of what he's, he's doing, what Christ has done is accomplished as we profess it also in our lives. We take captive the thoughts that we try to kind of hold us down, but we profess the things that of of who Jesus is, of what he's done. There's a power in profession, isn't there? There's a power of saying this is the fact. Why are you down O Oh, my soul, put your hope in God. Why am I looking in the mirror and thinking this thought when I am wonderfully and fearfully made? Why am I feeling like there is no hope when God says he will never leave me nor forsake me? Why am I feeling like I'm just a sinner only to fail when God has set me free from the power of sin and death? You see, we can profess those things. We can declare those things. You know what? There's a power of speaking to yourself. You know, I know it's not socially acceptable to walk down the street talking to yourself. Although in this day of technology, people don't know, do they? They don't know anymore. You could have an earpiece on the other side. They don't quite know. But sometimes I've discovered there's a power in vocalizing what I'm thinking. I'm just speaking it out. And now you can be all by yourself and say, Tyler, you got to get your act together. Why are you so fearful right now? When Jesus says he will take care of all my needs according to his riches and glory. Why am I fearful? Tyler, you got to put your hope in Jesus. You got to lift your eyes up. There's a power in speaking to ourselves and getting our game face on to face the world. I encourage you. You know, what? I think that's why God says, you know, Jesus said, when you go to your prayer closet, you know, you shut the door and then you talk to yourself and you talk to God and there's a communication. But you get it from out of here. You you vocalize it. I think there's a power in us vocalizing his word over our lives. If you're struggling with 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 illness, you know what? Proclaim God's faithfulness of healing over your life. Speak it out. Don't just kind of mull it over in your thoughts. Speak it out. Be healed in the name of Jesus. I declare your healing over my life. I accept your healing today. I accept your strength today. I accept all that your your fullness today for my life in this moment. You know, in Jesus, we we can find it, but it's our profession. that, That activates it. Can I close with this question to bring it maybe more personal? What are you professing over your life? What are you saying about yourself? If someone were to ask you, what do you think of you? What would your answer be? If we're really honest, if you just even rewind your, in your head, even the last few weeks, what have you been professing about your life? Do you know, it's important that we examine those things. And we say, "Okay, hey, God, I want my tongue, this little thing in my mouth, to bring life into my life, but also into the circumstances around me. I want to be someone who speaks life. Now, we haven't at all talked about what we profess in our relationships or about talking about other people. We haven't talked about any of that. Today's really just about us and our own professions of our own life. Do we say a lot? I can't do that. I can't. That's not me. When maybe we're being prompted to do something different. In God, actually, can't isn't really part of our vocabulary, is it? When God is speaking, can't is not really a word we can say. When we can do all things through him. You know this passage that we started from it says from the fruit of his mouth a man's stomach is filled with the harvest from his lips he is satisfied can i say is that true of your life is your stomach filled because of what you're professing is your are you satisfied with your harvest because of what comes out of your mouth Those who love it will eat of its fruit. Starting today, can I encourage us to do what God has called us to do and in, in bring life out of our mouths? And most of all, can I, just the starting point is about ourselves personally. You know, some people can be great encouragers for others, but they're, they're really, they speak negatively about your, themselves. You know, let, let's not be a church that does that. Let's be people that actually thinks the thoughts of God but who we are and where we're going and what's happening around us. God hasn't forgotten about us. In fact, He's not only not forgotten about us, He has a plan for us and He says in His Word before one of them, one of our days happens, He's planned it all out. He's written it in His book. In one of the verses that has challenged me over the years that I've spoken over my life is Psalm 5 11 to 12. It says, but let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy, spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield, especially that last line. You bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. You know, that's a great thing to profess over my life. God, I thank you that you, you want to bless my life. And I thank you that you want to surround me with your favor as with a shield. That I'm protected with your favor. In all that I'm going through, I'm protected with your favor. I hope in some ways this has spoken to you or challenged you. And uh, maybe at this moment we could just stand